Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. As we've been discussing, the pandemic continues to take a toll on the opioid crisis. A record high 100,000 Americans died of drug overdose last year, making a total of a million, one million lives lost since 2001. So who's being hit the hardest? What can we expect moving forward? Uh, really grateful to have Merrill Cornfield, uh, staff writer at the Washington Post, wrote a brilliant piece on this today. Merrill, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So as as we look at this, as as you dove into it, uh, this is to me one of the, one of those crucial and uncomfortable conversations. But what did the what do the numbers really tell us? So there were two really shocking milestones in today's data release. First, that for the first time we've surpassed a million people have died in the 21st century, and the second bit of news is that 100,000 people died in 2021, the first calendar year to reach that record. So we know that there are more potent drugs out in the drug supply, namely fentanyl, which I'm sure uh, listeners have heard before. It's a type of synthetic opioid that's 50 times as powerful as heroin. Um, and also an increase in the number of people using drugs, um, just how how hard the pandemic has hit America, as, as you said, has um, devastated communities and left many people um, in, in this really isolated space. Yeah, one of the things you noted in your piece was uh, this one million number, uh, you know, roughly the population of San Jose. Uh, to think about that on one end, it seems so big in scale. Uh, and then at the other end of the spectrum, you have those individuals uh, that end up impacting families and communities. Uh, how do we start to wrap our heads and, and really wrap our hearts around what do we do and what is the path forward? I talk to experts about the path forward. Seeing this number and having reported on this issue for years, I think about um, where do we go from here? And um, many experts had told me that there's, this isn't just going to, this isn't going to turn around tomorrow, that we're going to continue to see more deaths. Um, experts were mixed, but predominantly said that they expect to see an increase next year and possibly the year after, um, maybe a slowed increase compared to what we saw during the pandemic. Um, and they warned that more needs to be done on a policy level, state and federal, um, to right this wrong, to um, try to allow people access to harm reduction services that can um, try to prevent overdoses. Yeah, so as as we look at that and, and dig into that, uh, what are the areas and the communities around the country that seem to be uh, hit hardest uh, with this em- epidemic? 
one number that really stood out to me when I first looked at this was realizing that in Alaska, the number of overdoses increased by 70% from last year, um, which is just an astounding number. Um, Alaska has not been as hit as hard as um, other places, uh, you know, mainly the Northeast, um, Midwest, and Appalachia. Um, and I think that what these numbers reveal is the extent that fentanyl and other potent opioids um, have reached communities that are isolated. Um, you know, even where you least expect it, there are these really potent drugs and drugs that someone might buy unwittingly realizing what they're buying um, and, and even pe people who are taking the drug knowing that they are. Uh, as you look at that, what is, uh, you mentioned some of the policy things that need to take place. What's the Biden administration doing to help combat the epidemic? Uh, and what issues are they running into to try to get some of those things through? So the Biden administration, for the first time last month, released a roadmap for how they're going to be treating um, untreated addiction and um, addressing drug trafficking. Those were two main focuses of their policy, and um, the aim for both of those things is to, A, stop the flow of drugs where it starts, um, mainly from Mexico and China, as our fentanyl reporting has shown, and secondly, um, to help people who are already struggling with addiction. Um, so many Americans that started using opioids years ago have continued to use other drugs moving on to heroin um, and um, the Biden administration sees an opportunity to help those people. Um, in terms of um, in what's next for them, they are asking Congress um, for a $300 million increase in funding for the U.S. Customs and Border Control and $300 million more for the DEA um, to curb the flow of fentanyl coming into the country. Uh, so many of those that uh, end up on this path, it, it seems that uh, starting in the 90s, uh, it, it seems like it was one of those, especially for people dealing with chronic pain issues of a variety of, of reasons, that there was such a rush to alleviate the suffering of some that we ended up creating suffering for many. Uh, and is, is that still what we're experiencing, kind of the back half of uh, and, and how do we, from, from your reporting and from those experts that you've been talking to, how do they see that? There is obviously a, a role for these kinds of, of medicines in cancer patients or uh, surgeries and so on. Uh, but how do we make sure that we're balancing that compassion and alleviate the suffering of some without creating uh, trauma and tragedy for others? Yeah, this is, um, I, I've reported on chronic pain patients um, and the various difficult burdens that that community faces, um, a record number of suicides, um, difficulties getting access to medication that they need. Um, and I um, know that talking to um, experts on the federal policy level, that um, there's so much more that needs to be done to uh, address that community. Um, and um, the, the drugs that we're seeing um, on the street level um, you know, have, have, have really disadvantaged people who use 
the real thing because, you know, now even to this day, um, we see pressed pills in the shape of malincrod 30 milligram, um, you know, traditionally baby blue pills um, on the streets that were used by pain, pain patients for their pain issues. Um, and then the drug dealers that are selling fentanyl are purposefully emulating that exact pill um, and really marketing their their own um, illicit drugs um, as a knockoff. Yeah. Uh, and final question for you um, as we look at this. What are what are you watching? You've, you've done so many deep dives into this uh, in your reporting. Uh, what's the conversation we're not having uh, around overdose deaths that you see uh, and that you hear both from experts and from individuals and from families uh, who have uh, sadly experienced uh, these overdose deaths uh, in their world? I think that a lot of families and people who are active in this space um, would really like more people to understand um, what they can do to help um, others. Um, and we, we talk about how um, we need to make naloxone available for more people. That was a, um, a story that I, I dove into, um, the access of naloxone for drug users. Um, but there's a, I also have a question in my mind, it's, you know, does the average person really know how to use naloxone um, or respond to an overdose um, or, or know when they see one? Um, and I, I don't think that um, the country as a whole um, has really had that conversation in the way that we need to. All right. Fantastic re- reporting, as always. Appreciate your perspective uh, on this really crucial conversation. Uh, we'll continue to track this and uh, report out what we can do and how we change the conversation uh, when it comes to opioids and opioid overdose deaths uh, just far, far too many. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, again, that was uh, Meryl Cornfield from the Washington Post, staff writer, uh, and a really important piece. Uh, and those numbers, those numbers don't lie. Uh, and those numbers uh, are so big that you can say, okay, it's, we've lost one million people since 2001 to overdose deaths. That's like losing the entire city of San Jose. And so on one hand, that just seems so big and so uh, nebulous out there. That we still have to go back and we got to get this back to the one uh, because it might be your neighbor. It might be a member of your family. And uh, for whatever reason and however they get there, uh, we've got to make sure they know that they're not alone, that there is a way forward. There is a path out. There is a path up. And if you're dealing with opioid addiction, you are not alone. You've got to reach out as well. And the rest of us are going to reach out to you, and we're going to link arms, and we're going to move this thing forward together. Far too many losses, far too much unrealized potential. Uh, Let's make that potential reality. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. For 100 years, Ali comes out to meet strange young. It has been an honor to come into your homes all these years. The statue of Saddam Hussein has been pulled over. We're the station for breaking news, traffic and weather together, and conversation about important stories. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Thank you for 100 years of trust from KSL News. Radio. 
few years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.